What's up? What's up? What's up? Hello, hello, hello. How y'all doing today? This is Freddie Cole. It's Kalila Cole. And we are the Common Coles. Listen, we are here. Um, this is always an exciting time. I tell you what, every week that we get an opportunity to come here and just, you know, have some real talk. Have some real talk, you know, just keep it real common and simple. Um, it's always a fun time and I'm really enjoying the feedback we've been getting from everybody. So keep it coming. I would love to have some more interaction during the uh, episode, but I know everybody has different plans around this time, which is cool. But we're still loving all the feedback that we do get. So um, like, subscribe, share, make sure that you get this thing out because I know that there are some people out there in relationships that probably could use um, maybe even just a little, a little snippet of something that we share. It could be a blessing to somebody. Right. Mm-hmm. All right. So listen, real quick, wanted to um, hop in and this week's topic is about comparison is something that will kill your commitment. Comparison is something that can kill your commitment. And, um, you know, there's this thing of discontentment that happens in relationships for whatever reason, not all relationships. I won't. I won't generalize and say everybody goes through it. But I, I got a feeling as human beings, we may have those moments um, where we make a comparison of where where our relationship is with where someone else's relationship is, um, where we are financially versus where somebody else is financially, where we are spiritually versus where somebody else is spiritually, how our kids behave versus how somebody else's kids behave how that spouse over there looks versus how the spouse over here looks. It's just all kinds of stuff that happens. I think it's somewhat normal. Um, There's this saying that the grass is greener on the other side. Uh, That's something, I don't know who came up with that statement. Praise God. God bless you, Joseph, Pastor Joseph over in the Philippines. It's great to see you. Hope all is well with you. Um, I don't know who came up with that statement that the grass is greener on the other side. But oh, they say they think you think the grass is greener. How does it go? Is that right? Um, yeah, but what uh, you know, what I've heard people say that, that you look at the grass and the grass looks greener on the other side, right? Yeah, and I've heard two other things. Um, the grass is greener where you water it and take care of it, and that grass looks greener because it's fake. So I've heard those two two different things. And y'all see, I am tired. This was Sunday, okay? This is, we got up very, very early, stayed up very, very late. And we've had a full day of just being with people that fellowshipping. And it's just been an amazing day all day. And so I am like, I'm an introvert. So it was a lot of people in for me today. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm trying, to, I'm trying to pull the energy up on my side. I don't know if y'all noticed that. I'm trying to pick up the energy. Um, but yeah, so this is the deal. There's all these different stands, but all these stands are rooted in comparing, comparing um, relationships. And so it's like, or comparing what you have versus what you don't have. I have a scripture I want to share with you. And it came from our book that we wrote a little while ago in Exodus 20 and 17. It says, you shall not covet your neighbor's house. You shall not covet your neighbor's wife or his male or female servant, his ox or donkey or anything that belongs to your neighbor. You know, when you start allowing yourself, and I think I've been in there at some point in time, 
you know, when me and my wife, we've had ups and downs in our relationship over the last 15 years. We haven't had um, everything was not perfect. You know, I think I think everyone can relate to that. And when we were in those down parts of our relationship, when things wasn't going so well, it was really easy for me to look at somebody else's relationship and be like, man, I wish my marriage was like theirs. I wish that we could have this going on like they do. And just, you know, you just got to find yourself going down that rabbit hole of comparison. But what it does, and what I've learned is that when you allow yourself to go down that rabbit hole of comparisons, what ends up happening is you start to create this fantasy world of, um, what's the word I'm looking for? It, it basically, it hinders your own commitment to your own relationship. Now, I'm not saying you, you go out and cheat. Some do, but I'm not saying that's what it is. But I'm just saying, like, in reference to commitment, meaning I'm staying focused on building my marriage or my relationship with this person, I'm staying focused on that because that's what matters the most because that's where I am. You end up losing a little bit of that because what happens is you start comparing and then you can easily start becoming spiteful towards your partner because you don't see in them what you see in someone else's relationship. Early on in our marriage, we started a marriage ministry. And what that meant was other couples coming together, um, talking and discussing what's going on in your household. And when you hear other things, you can either do one. You will either say, well, I'm so I'm thankful our marriage isn't like that. Or I wish my marriage was like that. Right. And so you have to be wise enough to know that, number one, sometimes what people present to you is not reality for their life. Right. So you cannot take what you see or what other people say as that's how they live their life. Now, that's number one. Number two, God designed Eve for Adam. He made her out of the rib, specifically for Adam. Now, that marriage right there, that man, that woman, she was made for him. So what is happening in that household is for that household. And if you try to take that same person and put that same person in a different household, that person won't operate in that same manner because of who you are, right? You're not designed that particular person. And so early on in our marriage, we will see uh, different things like, wow, you know, that would be cool if we, but listen, like I, I said it before and I said it a thousand times, I am who God created me to be. He is who God created him to be. And God saw it fit to bring us together so that we can grow and become one together. If I'm focusing on what they're doing, I'm not coming becoming one with my husband. I'm becoming one with that other relationship because I am coveting something that they have. Mm -hmm. And I will miss out what my husband brings to the table. What the enemy wants us to do is focus on the flaws and the negative things about the other person. So we can't focus on the good things that they bring to the table. The reason why God brought them into our lives, because it's that, that shaping, that roughness that gets us to become the best person that we are to be. Mm -hmm. And when we don't allow that to happen and we're like pushing back, we miss out on a lot of great things that could happen in our marriage. You know, this little puppy. Yeah, that little puppy. Little puppy won't be still, but want to be on TV, but don't want to be still. Look at her. Just gotta be seen. Mm -hmm. Oh my gosh. So this is the thing. Um, you know, you said something about the grass and how you how you maintain it. I think that's actually the chapter in 
the book that we wrote, um, Commitment to the Vow, one of the chapters in that book is the fire is in the maintenance. And I think what happens is, is wherever you stop maintaining in your relationship, you open up the opportunity to see what's missing in your relationship in somebody else's relationship. You'll see it maybe thriving or you'll be able to recognize it in someone else's relationship. And that's when the comparison comes in. We do have to be mindful that I think some of the things that we kind of overlook the value of is premarital counseling. And the reason why I say that is because in premarital counseling, if it's done right, one of the things that you will discuss is some of the things that helps you get to know your spouse and where, uh, your future spouse, where they are right now. Um, what type of things they do or don't do, what type of personality they have, what are some of the flaws that they have. You know, some of those things you got to take the puppy out because the puppy is tripping. So I'm going to hold it down until she get back. Um, some of the things that you get a chance to see them for who they are, right? So that way you have the opportunity to know what you're actually making and who you're making a commitment to. So a lot of people skip that. A lot of people just say, let's just go get married. I know Jagged Edge had that song, let's just go get married. Right. They say, let's just go get. And so they 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 skip the whole process of premarital counseling. I want to get to know the every side of you, the ugly side of you. You're like, I already see the, pre, the presentation side of you, but now I want to see the other side of you. I want to know more about you as a person so I know what I'm getting myself into. And when we don't do that, when we don't give ourselves the opportunity to learn each other through those Q&A sessions, those activities, over a span of time, then we put ourselves in a situation where we get caught off guard by a flaw, right. which we both have, right? But then we get caught off guard by it. And now all of a sudden we're feeling, we're questioning whether or not we, should, we made the right decision. We're questioning why is it that they're over there doing their thing and we're over here struggling with this one issue? Well, it's because you didn't give yourself time to address it. Right. And, and just... Um talking about that we we got married within nine months of meeting each other right within nine months a lot of times we don't when i when i spoke earlier and i said that grass is fake um sometimes before we even get married even in premarital counseling you can even take premarital counseling we present that fake person to the other person <laughs> and we don't stay or go through the courting process to see the person in all seasons, see them when they're angry, see them when they're happy, see, see them when they are um, broken, seeing those different areas and how they respond and react mm -hmm. in those areas. We don't give it enough time to see that because we meet somebody and as soon as we meet them, we're telling them, you know what, in my last relationship, I went through all this and I don't want to do that again. This is what I'm looking for. And we tell them all these things. And so now that person is like, okay, they want this. Okay. I need to be this. I need to be that. And they are totally not who they, um, who they truly are. They're, they're now putting on this, this front to become what it is that you want them to be. And what ends up happening is that now it starts to unravel because you can only put up a facade for so long if, unless you, you know, you just, it's just, <laughs> you know, we know there's some people who, who can go a lifetime and have this facade and be different people with, with different people. Mm -hmm. Like I'm this way with this person, I'm this way with this person. Um, but if you have a real person, you can, you can see the genuineness when you, 
spend that time with them. Mm-hmm. And then you can see, you know what? I can deal with this. Right. Right. I, I can I can go through this. This mm-hmm. this this is not fake grass. This grass may be a little brown in areas, right. but I know if I get the right fertilizer and I get the right water, we can get there. Yeah, you just gotta again the the it's in the maintenance. Maybe you just stop watering the seed. Maybe you just take it for granted that, you know, uh, that it, that the relationship is in the bag and therefore you stop dating, you stop courting, you stop doing all the things that it took to win that person because now you're not seen, you're not seen every side of the person at this point, right? You, you've seen them when they're dressed up and looking good. You've seen them at their, their best. You've seen them at their worst. You've seen them when they were highly mannerable. Watch this. You'd have, you'd have been next to them when they done pooed it. Like everything, <laughs> like you you know every side of them. And so now you stop chasing, right? I'm just keeping it real. We common, we being common, right? And so you stop chasing. And when you stop chasing, then you lose that fire. And the fire is the main thing that keeps you from looking at the other side and looking at other people's relationships. When you lose that, you have issues. Now, one thing that I have learned is that I can say is, you know, obviously when you're in marriage, you're going through this merging process. And one of the things that I can say is that the ones that, those marriages that have worked out the best are the ones that have learned how to compromise and coexist. Two key elements. They've learned how to compromise and how to coexist. And when you've learned that it ain't all about me, then you come out of this selfish mindset. Yes, that's what I wanted to talk about. Yes, keep going. You come out of that selfish mindset of thinking that it's all about you. And when you don't get your way, now I look at you. You're comparing your relationship with somebody else. Well, she always listened to her husband and do X, Y, Z, or he always listened to his wife and do X, Y, Z. Now, because you know, you're in the place where you're not willing to compromise, now you're stuck in a mindset of let me find somebody else I can compare my marriage to, where they're doing what's not happening in my relationship. So we got to be careful about that. What Amen. you got? Amen. I just want to talk about the scripture, James 4, 1 through 2, that's scrolling. I just want to read it. And then because you just hit on it, because I want to talk about that. What causes quarrels and co- what causes fights among you? Is it not this, that your passions are at war within you? You desire, but you do not have. So you murder. You covet and cannot obtain, so you fight and quarrel. You do not have because you do not ask. Now, mm-hmm. there are biblical principles, right, within marriage and with everything. When you are fighting with your spouse, mm-hmm. sometimes, well, every fight, and I'm not talking about, you know, conflict and discussions or arguments. I'm talking about like a loud fighting. Now you're ready to throw something, ready to hit somebody. When it gets to that point, it's because you had an expectation or you wanted something and you did not receive it. You expected them to do something and they didn't do it the way you wanted them to do it or they didn't do it when you asked them to do it or whatever. That is what causes the fight or the quarrel. Something did not meet your expectation or something that you wanted, right? You may not even have made it clear to the other person what it is that you wanted because you are not even clear on what you want. Right. And so that other person cannot give you what you're asking for because you haven't even asked them for it. Mm -hmm. And so now you're in the house and and he may 
or she may grab the remote or do something. And it's the smallest little thing. But because you have been angry about these other things, now it's a war in your house. Mm-hmm. Because some need prior to that, or because you saw somebody else, you saw him give her flowers, or he always saying this or saying that, and your husband ain't saying that, and you've been noticing it over a couple of days or a couple of weeks, and you've been noticing it, and now all of a sudden, anything he do ain't good enough, and any little thing he does irritates you because he's not who you want him to be. Instead of appreciating who he is or appreciating who she is and what they bring to the table, yeah. A lot of times we have to be clear within ourselves. We have to be clear within ourselves what we want, how we want it, and who we are. Mm-hmm. We we have to be clear on that. When we're clear on that, then we can communicate that to the other person, right? And not in a confrontational way. Now, if we've done those things, and that person is not able to give you what it is that you seek or desire, you need counsel, wise counsel, to take what it is that you're coveting or asking for or think that you need to decide, is it something that you have to have? Is it something that you can possibly get yourself? Or is it this weight that you're putting on this other person not necessary? To fill a hole. To fill a hole from your childhood or fill a hole that you didn't experience with your father or fill a hole that you didn't experience with your mother. Are you expecting that person to fill the hole that should that can only be filled number one with Christ, right? Mm-hmm. You are expecting that person to fill holes that they're not there to fill. And God put them in your life for other reasons and you're trying to make them fill a motor or fit a position that they were never meant to fit in your life. And you guys cannot work together as one because you're refusing to let go of who you are. You cannot become one with your spouse if you won't let go of who you were. And I'm not saying we just talked about individuality last last week. I'm not saying letting go of who you are and what you like to do. But those things that are not supposed to come with you into a marriage, you have to be willing to let those things go. Amen. Amen. I want to first of all give a shout out. See, Cleora Johnson is on here. Um, Kels, what's good? Eric and Kelly on here. I love you guys. It's great to see y'all. I uh, see uh, Apostle Ricky Allen on here. God bless y'all. I'm so glad that y'all was able to chime in. I'm sure there's others that are watching, uh, but I see those names because they actually made a, a comment. But I just want to shout out everybody that came on here um, today. So, what, what I want to just touch on in this particular arena when it comes to comparison and how it can kill your commitment. Believe it or not, a lot of resentment in relationships have come because of comparisons. Um, It's not that you don't love your spouse or your partner, whoever it is you're with. You just start to resent them because you have put them on a pedestal or someone else on a pedestal and you're mad that that person you're with has not reached that level in which, in which you put somebody else on the pedestal for. And what happens is, is that now the intimacy is affected, right? You don't laugh as much together. because You don't you know, do as much together because at the end of the day, you're struggling to, to love that person the way you should because you can't get out of your head that they haven't met this mark that so-and-so's spouse or so-and-so's uh, boyfriend, so-and-so's girlfriend has met 
So it was very dangerous and slippery slope. I've seen a lot of relationships go uh, the wrong direction simply because um, it started off with comparison. We've done marriage counseling and different types of counseling sessions with different couples. And it often comes up, well, so-and-so's husband do this or so-and-so's wife does that and you don't do it. It, it might be valid. It might be a valid uh, observation. But if how you feel and how you treat your partner is based on what somebody else does in their relationship, then you set your standard based on other imperfect people. You set your standard based on what they do and, and what they've presented to you. Because even though they might be strong in that area, they might be struggling in 10 other areas that y'all are strong in. And, the, and that your, your spouse is strong in, but you're neglecting to see it because, because you're only focusing on the thing that they're not strong in. That's right. That's right. So I just want to you know, just be mindful uh, of that. Now, what are some practical application steps? that we could take to help us take our mind off of comparing our relationship with other people's relationship. Now we can speak in terms of symbolisms, I guess you could say, well, just water the grass, right? Pull up the weeds. We can talk about all those things. But what are the weeds? Yeah, what are those What's things? the water? So yeah, exactly. So number one, I would say go back to dating. I would say go back to dating. We go out, well, we're scheduled to go out every other Friday. But some kind of way we find a way to sneak in an extra one <laughs> in between those other Fridays. So instead of going every other Friday, we may end up going once a week. We just sneak an extra one in. Um, so we love it when we get that text message um, from, from our, our, I guess you could say our secretary, who, who keeps us on point, um, letting us know, hey, date night's coming up on Friday. We love to get those text messages, but then it'd be that off week. When you don't get the text, I'm like, hey, what you doing? Right. <laughs> and the thing is, if you don't do the work before the date, you can end up having a miserable date, right? Wow. Yeah, you can end up having a miserable date. You can put the dates on the calendar and y'all go out and fight in the parking lot. Or y'all get in the car and y'all can't talk because y'all something triggers something from what you were thinking about mm -hmm. you you even have to do the work even before the date you have to pull up those weeds mm -hmm. and those weeds are the thing that you're holding on to that brings the bitterness that brings the resentment that brings the triggers and you got to go back mm -hmm. to the very beginning so you and your spouse need to get a trusted advisor somebody who is wise right not just anybody we watched this show and the person he went to for advice was somebody who had <laughs> three different wives that he'd gotten divorces, seven different baby mamas. Um, and he's trying to, he's asking him for advice for his, oh, his, his new marriage. Yeah. Right? I'm yeah. like, why are you asking this fool for advice? And the fool then gave him some, some crazy things. Then, then told him, your wife is cheating on you. Got him in some serious trouble because he listened to him. But listen, you have to get with somebody that's wise because sometimes if so much bitterness and resentment has built up, you need a third party that can help you understand what the other person is truly saying. Because we get so focused on our own selfish desires and on what we want that we can't hear the other person anymore because in our mind, they're completely wrong. And they said this at the weekend to remember, okay, so you're 10% wrong and they're 90% wrong, but how about you apologize for your 10%? 
How about it? How about you apologize for your 10%? Like yeah. If they're if you really believe they're 90% and you're 10%, apologize for your 10%. And so they, they can bring their 90% and then apologize for that. And if they don't, so what you've apologized for your 10%. And now you guys have room to move forward. Mm-hmm. Now, when I talk about these weeds, it you have to sit down with this person and actually go back. The, just like inner healing that you would do for your own self going back into your memories to find out when this situation first started. When did you first start getting angry? Where did it, where did it start from? You have to do that in a marriage. When was it that I first started resenting him? And then you could see, oh, I was comparing him to so-and-so, my last relationship or my past or, or whomever. You have to uncover that and you got to pull those weeds up out of your marriage or you, when you go on a date, it will not be dateable. It won't be date worthy. It won't yeah. be fun. Yeah. That's real. That's real. So one of the things I'm going to add to what she said, because it's so real, um, getting to the root of where the resentment came from, but not just doing that. I'm going to take it a step further. Once you're able to recognize that and you have to deal with those feelings, once you've dealt with those feelings, you got to also fill that gap with something good, like remembering what made you fall in love with that person? Yeah, you know, you know what I'm saying. You don't want to just deal with the resentment and leave that space empty, because if you leave an empty space, it's gonna get filled with something. And be seven times worse, just could like be, being delivered. Be. Yeah, yeah, just yeah. like being delivered. So you want to fill that space with something good. What was it that made me fall in love with this person to begin with? Was it their their personality? Was it their whatever? I mean, it could be so many different things that anybody in different relationships could talk about. But I think it's so important that we don't just forget what caused us to resent the person, mm-hmm. but we also need to remember what caused us to love them. Right. So the weeds don't grow back up. So when you go out there and you pull the weeds up, we know those weeds are going to grow back, right? They're coming back. You may pull those weeds up, but they'll come back if you don't fill them up with weed killer. Put the weed killer. How do you put the weed killer in? By putting something in there that reminds you of the love you had that made you, that reminds you of why you chose that person in the first place. Why you decided to get married with this person. So fill it with the, pull the weeds, fill it with the weed killer. Now what's the love? What's the water? What do we call the water? The water? Mm -hmm. Oh my, my, my. It's proactively falling in love over and over again. Does that sound too mushy? No. And if you know what it is, it's exactly that. Meeting that person, loving them authentically to mm-hmm. how you love, right? Watering them with compliments, watering mm-hmm. them with kisses when you see them, watering with whatever it is mm-hmm. that that person feels connection, yeah. asking questions, getting that intimacy back. I told my husband the other day. Tell him what you told me. Okay. I'm going to tell him what I told you. T- but t- first t- I got to tell him what you do. Uh-oh. And so we were in the bed. It's good. Uh-oh. And he was in like, he, he came and, you know, we get in the bed and he, he holds my hand in the bed and he, he leaned over at me and he said, you know what? This is the best part of the day. When I, I able, I'm able to get in the bed and hold your hand. Fellas, take right? notes. Right. Listen, <laughs> listen, listen, fellas, you better write and this so down. Ladies, send that a text to your husband. So much to me, did so much for me when he said that to me. Now he would get in my hand, you know, you know, ladies. I when he would come and try to hold my hand, you know, you got to play it off, you know. What I'm saying? I want to hold your hand, no, no, no. And then when he said that, it just oh, the fingers, the fingers go wide up. Put the fingers all oh, here, you go, baby. Hold that, hold, hold it. <laughs> and so it's things like that 
it's how you continue to water. So it's not just about pulling the weeds. It's not just about putting the weed killer in, pulling the weeds of bitterness and resentment, replacing them with love and, and the things that you can remember. But now you've got to build up that bank of, build look, it. you are the person I chose and ain't nobody else for me. I don't care what nobody else is doing. Who you are is what I love, mm-hmm. right? And we can grow from that. Come now- on. We're willing to like, oh, you know what? He don't like that. I'm, I'm you know, I don't, I'm not going to do that no more. Mm-hmm. That's when that starts happening. Yeah. Right. But until then, you'll have that rebellious, that pushback because you don't feel safe. You don't feel secure because the way they talk to you now is a little rough or the way they treat you now is a little rough because you're not seeing the good things. You know, let's go, we got one minute or less. Darn than it. So I'm going to say this. going by so fast. Y'all. Listen, real quick. I'm going to say this and then we get ready to close. Check this out. She said something about touch and it just dawned on me. Sometimes in relationships, we change, right? And I ain't saying it's a bad thing that we change, but sometimes what used to work for us in one season may not work for us in another season. And instead of getting to know our spouse all over again or the, our partner all over again and learning, okay, well, you used to like this, but you don't like it anymore. Let me find what you like now. Instead of figuring that out, sometimes we just fall into that place of anger. Like, well, you used to like that, so why you don't like it now? But you cheating on me? You know, you know, we start going to all these rabbit holes of different emotions, but the reality is, is you know, the person changed. And so continuing to pursue your, your partner is key to keep you from looking outside and comparing them with the things used to be this way. And now it's another way. So anyways, I want to thank y'all for chiming in, being with us today. Uh, I hope that today was a blessing to you. We ran out of time, y'all. We, we did 30 minutes go by so fast. Okay. But it's all right. We'll be back next Sunday, same time, same place with another hot topic. We'd love to hear from you guys. Don't forget to like, subscribe, and share so that we can make this thing happen, all right? So we can reach more couples. Amen. Thank mm-hmm. you.